Good morning, church. I'm still excited from uh, last Sunday. It was a great celebration hearing from Pastor Bob Rowley, our, our founder here at Grace Bible Church. And then Chad coming over here, my spiritual mentor. It just was really, really, really neat to, to celebrate. And it was a good reminder to all of us what our mission is, is to lead our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. That's why we're here. That's why grace exists. One of the hardest things for me to do as a pastor is to officiate a funeral. My very first funeral ever was for a three-year-old little girl. And I had to officiate it Christmas Day. Could you imagine? I tried not to make eye contact with the parents, but they weren't making any eye contact with anybody. They were just crying continuously. And then about a year later, we get a phone call from this funeral home. They needed somebody to come and speak truth, to share the hope that is in Jesus Christ. See, this family didn't have a church didn't have anybody to call their pastor, so I went. It was for a three-month little baby girl. And that I'll never forget. As I opened up God's word, I can feel the dad's eyes just staring at me. Staring at me with anger. In his mind, I thought he was thinking, how could you? How could you be preaching about this God of hope, this God who is loving, this God who is sovereign? How could you look at my baby girl in the casket? And I remember thinking, you're right. There's nothing I could say through God's word that could take away your suffering. And I believe at that moment, like many of us at some moments believe this. If God is a powerful, all-knowing God, an all-loving God, why does evil exist? If God is a sovereign God, if God is a God of mercy, if God is in control of everything in this universe, why is there suffering? Why is there evil? Why do babies die? Why are there hurricanes? Why are there disasters? Why are there diseases? Why is there death? Again, why? Why, God? If you're loving, if you're all-knowing, and if you're all-powerful, why do you allow this? Today we begin our series that we've entitled, Wonder Why. And through this series, we're going to be answering biblically some tough questions. We're going to answer questions like, why is forgiveness necessary? We're going to answer questions like, why do we go through trials? What is the purpose in them? We're going to answer questions like, if God is all-knowing, why do we have to pray? And we're going to answer a question that I believe a lot of us have asked or have felt we're going to answer the question, why does God sometimes feel far, far away? But today, we're going to answer a very simple question. We're going to answer the question, why does evil exist? Why does evil exist? Now, this 
question has been asked for thousands upon thousands of years. As a matter of fact, a great philosopher back in 330 B.C. made these statements. This is what he said. If God is not able to prevent evil, then God is not all-powerful. Philosopher. Then he says, if God is not willing to prevent evil, then God is not all good. So in conclusion, but if God is both willing and able to prevent evil, then why does evil exist? Church, this is one of the main reasons so many people don't believe in God. Because they ask you maybe that question. They ask others. They ask other Christians, if your God is an all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful, why does evil exist? My prayer this morning, my hope with you guys today is that after we see biblically the answer to this question, we don't ask why. We say, wow. Wow, God. My prayer my hope this morning, as we're going to see through God's word, that we would want to praise him and worship him more than ever. Before I get started, I want to give credit where credit is due. A lot of my, my studies was done on the teachings of John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul. They're great teachings. I encourage you to go back and spend some time in what they have to say in answering this question, why does evil exist? So you guys ready for the answer? Open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy 29, 29. Here's the answer. Moses writes this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Thank you guys for coming. I hope that answered your question. We'll see you next week. Let's pray. That's not the answer. But as a matter of fact, this has been used for an answer to that question. Many people believe, look, look, whatever God does, he does. And that's true. Many people believe we shouldn't question God. I don't know about that. But even if you believe that answer of, well, God does what he does and the secret things belong to him, if you believe that, that still doesn't answer the question, why? Another way that people have answered this question is we live in a sinful world. Adam and Eve disobeyed. Sin came into this world, and that's why we are how we are. That's why evil exists. True. That is true as well. But then again, does it get to the answer why? If God knew that Adam and Eve would disobey and evil would come into this world and suffering would enter through their sin. Why did God allow evil to occur? And some might answer this way. Well, it was Satan. He tempted Adam and Eve. True. But then again, if God knew that one-third of the angels would be casted out of heaven and Satan would be one of them, why did he create the angels? I give you these answers that people have used to answer this question to show you that no matter how you try to answer the question of the existence of evil, it always points back to God. 
It does. So why does evil exist? I want to answer this question by using some bullet points. I want to go through some scripture that would eventually get us to the answer of the existence of evil in this world. So first bullet point I want to share with you is this. Evil exists. Obviously. Evil exists. Now in theology, there's three kinds of evil that are categorized. The first one is known as natural evil. Natural evil. Now this evil isn't personal. This evil is because of the fall of creation. This evil occurs because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. This is why we have destruction. This is why we have storms. This is why we have earthquakes, natural disasters. This is why there's sickness, disease, and death. Because of natural evil. But it's temporal. Paul writes this in Romans 8 verse 21. Creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And it will continue to do so until Christ returns and makes things right. Natural evil. The second category is known as moral evil. Now this evil, this evil is personal. This evil is in every human heart. It controls and it dominates our hearts. And it is again because of man's falling condition. And this is why there's murder, there's abuse, there's hatred, there's gossip. This is why when you turn on the TV or hear the news, you hear all sorts of evilness in the world. Shootings and I can go on. This is moral evil. Why? Because we're all sinful people. Romans 3 verse 10 is very clear on this. Paul writes this, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Pretty clear. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. Now hear this. No one does good. Not even one. There's natural evil. There's moral evil. And the third category is supernatural evil. There are demonic forces all around us. Paul is very clear about this in Ephesians 6 verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, over this fallen world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Second bullet point. Evil exists. God exists. Evil exists. We know that God exists. The God of the Bible is a holy, perfect, pure, and sovereign God. He is powerful. He controls everything. He created everything. He knows everything. And listen, church, everything that God does is for a purpose. Everything. David prays in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness 
and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heavens and in the earth is yours. You're the creator of all things. You are in control of all things. The psalmist writes this, Psalm 115.3, our God is in the heavens. He does all, all that he pleases. Daniel 4, verse 35, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does nothing, absolutely nothing. He does everything according to his will. Nothing that he does has no purpose. Everything is purposeful. He goes on and says this, among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? God is in control. He is absolutely sovereign. I mention these verses. I say these things because God takes full responsibility for the existence of evil. He doesn't blame anything or anyone Else, But I say this because there is also a purpose in evil. There is a purpose in evil. And God allows this and is perfectly clear in Scripture. Let me share some verses with you. Exodus 4, verse 11. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth, who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind, is it not I, the Lord? I do these things to people. 2 Kings 17, verse 25, and at the beginning of their dwelling there, they did not fear the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions, lions among them, which killed some of them. The Lord sent lions to kill people. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 37, who has spoken and had come to pass unless the Lord has commanded it. Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that good, good and what? Good and bad. That good and bad happen. God allows and wills purposely for good and bad to happen. You know, I think you've heard the story of the flood. God allowed for millions upon millions of people to drown. And before I go on, I want to make something very, very clear. I do not want any misunderstandings. God is holy. God is perfect. God is pure. God is sovereign. But listen, God cannot and will not do evil. God is incapable of doing anything that is evil. God is incapable of doing anything that is wrong. Let's get that perfectly clear. God does what he does because he is sovereign. God does what he does because he has a perfect purpose in all that he does. Job 23.13 But he is unchangeable. And who can turn him back? What he desires, that he does. 1 Samuel 2, verse 6. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. God is in control of all things. One more verse. Amos 3. Is it a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? God is sovereign. 
God is in control, and there is a purpose in all that he does. A perfect purpose. So we've seen that evil exists. We know that God exists. So God wills evil to exist. God, again, takes full responsibility for the evil, the existence of evil that we see unfolding in our world daily. He's responsible. At this point, maybe some of you are like, no, no way, not my God, it can't be. Let me answer this by reading some verses and reminding you of who is in control if you're thinking this way. Isaiah 45, verse 7 and 9, I form light. This is God talking. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Verse 9, woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles, church. We are the clay. He is the potter. We need to stop thinking that we can control God. We need to stop saying, God, this is what you should do. God, this is who you should. No. We need to remind ourselves, as God reminded Job, if you read the story, God says this, I am God and you are not. Period. God responds to Job, where were you when all this was created? Can you stop the oceans from going into the land? Do you? No, I do, God says. I am in control. Remember. He is God and we are not. He is perfect. He is sovereign. He is holy. That's my introduction. Now let me get to the answer to the question. Why does evil exist? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God will evil to exist? Let me give you two answers. First of all, a philosophical answer. And here's a philosophical answer for that. For in order for us to recognize good, we need to have evil. For every yin, there's a yang. For every plus, there must be a minus. True, but does that answer the question why? Why there is evil? Let me give you another answer that many, many Christians say. This is how Christians answer this question. Two words, free will. We are not robots. I get it. Without getting too much into it, because we can spend three sermons talking about free will. But let me just say this about free will. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, if it wasn't for the power of God, you and I would always choose to do evil. We sin because of our sinful nature. We are sinners. We were born sinners. We will die sinners. David is perfectly clear about this. Psalm 51.5, behold, he says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Do I have any parents out here today? Raise your hand. Let me ask you, parents, 
Did you have to teach your children to disobey? No, they're pretty good at that. From the very beginning. Why? Because they were born sinners. We all were. We're all sinners. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But again. If God gave man, Adam, and woman Eve free will to choose, why did he allow them to choose in disobedience? Why did he okay it knowing that they would disobey and suffering and evil would come into this world? Let me recap. Again, I want to make myself perfectly clear. Evil exists. God didn't create it. God cannot do and will not do anything that is evil. There is nothing evil in God's character. God exists. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is perfect. He is loving. He is sovereign and in control of all things. So God wills evil to exist. Why? Why? Let me first answer this question by reading to you the Westminster Confession of Faith. And then we're going to break this down biblically through God's word. Here's how it reads. God, from all eternity, did by the most wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably, ordain whatsoever comes to pass. Yet so as thereby neither God is the author of sin... Nor is violence offered to the will of the creatures, nor is the liberty or contingency of second causes taken away, but rather established. Now listen closely. This their sin God ordained according to his wise and holy counsel to permit, having purpose to order it to his own glory. Did you catch that? Evil exists for God's own glory. Let me say that again slowly. Evil exists for God's own glory. That's why. That's why there's an existence of evil in this world. We praise him. We worship him. Because he has overcome evil. Church, our sinfulness, our disobedience... Puts his righteousness on display. The more we realize that we are sinful people, the more we realize that we worship a holy and perfect and sovereign God. Romans 3 5. But if our righteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, I'm sorry, but if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is a righteous, unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? He says, I speak in a human way. By no means, he says. For then how could God judge the world? God is made more glorious, more perfect with the existence of evil. God wills evil to exist for our good and his glory. Paul writes this in 9.22. Listen, listen closely, church. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? 
Here it is. In order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory. Where do we see the full manifestation of his righteousness displayed? The cross. That's where his righteousness and his mercy is fully displayed. Romans eleven thirty two, for God has consigned all disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Church, we would never, we would never have seen the cross if it were not for our sin. You know, the greatest evil that the world has ever, ever done was to murder Jesus Christ. But watch what Luke says in Acts chapter 2, verse 23. This Jesus, this is what he writes, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan, a definite plan and for knowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men, Acts 4, 27. For truly in the city were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. God from eternity past had predestined the murder of his perfect and holy son, Jesus Christ. You know, the greatest suffering a man has ever endured in this world was a perfect and innocent, holy man, sinless, being hung on the cross. If you want to talk about suffering, church, beaten, to the point of, of death, he could barely stand up, being weak, betrayed, humiliated. His friends left him all alone. And then he was told, he was forced by still being, being to carry a heavy, heavy cross for almost three miles. In humility, in shame. And then he hung for hours. Unable to breathe. Imagine just for the... For a second, the suffering of having himself, have to push himself up ju just to get a breath of air. You want to talk about suffering? That's suffering. Bleeding. Nails through his hands. But the worst suffering that Jesus endured was the moment, the moment that he was separated from the Father. Something he had never experienced. He was separated from the Father because of our sins. That moment where he took the wrath that you and I deserved. At that moment, he cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's suffering. Why? Why did God forsake his son? So that you and I and anyone who puts their trust in the suffering and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ would not be forsaken. If anyone puts their trust 
in the absolute perfect sacrifice that Jesus did. That moment, they are saved. That moment, they have eternity with the Father. Here's my sermon point for you guys this morning, and I hope it sums it up, and I hope you get an understanding to this question. And here it is. His suffering, our salvation. It is through His suffering, through Christ's suffering, that one can be saved. Through faith in Christ alone, period. That one can be saved from eternal suffering, from eternal separation from God. At the beginning, church, I, I, I told that I hope, my prayer was that we wouldn't ask why, but that we would say, wow. After knowing the truth of why evil exists, so that you and I could glorify Him more, we should worship Him more than ever, I pray. We should see His righteousness more than ever, I pray. I want to close again by reading Romans eleven thirty two, but I want to read further on to verse 36 because look at the prayer that Paul ends with. Again, Paul says this, For God has consigned all to disobedience. He has purposed it that he may have mercy on all. And watch this. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsel? Or who has given a gift to him that he may, might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Let's pray, church. Father God, I just want to thank you. That you are a sovereign God, a perfect God, a God who is in control of all things. God, I thank you that you sent your son down to make the unrighteous, sinful people righteous in your eyes through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. Praying that everyone... Lord, but he took your wrath, the wrath that we deserved, so that we can have eternity with you, so that when we put our trust in your son, Jesus Christ, we are still sinners, but we are forgiven sinners. We become your children. Father God, we just want to thank you and praise you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. I love you, church. God bless you guys.